Hello, and welcome to the Nature of Nantucket podcast. I'm Rich Blundell, the scientist in residence at the Mariah Mitchell Association. This week, I'm speaking with two of the four artists featured in The Art of Oika, Nantucket, which is currently showing at the MMA Gallery at 33 Washington Street until July 12th. Dina Hayden is a visual artist who creates organic and living art. And Dakota Clearwater LaCroix is a multimedia artist focusing on sounds. There's a link to the show at oika.com and to the associated on-island programming at mariahmitchell.org. To get started, I asked Dina Hayden to tell me about her contributions to the show. So the work I created over the past eight months ended up resulting in three sculptures and one painting, and they're based off of my experiences working on Nantucket with the environment and with the cohort and kind of reflecting on that time there, gathering materials and foraging um, to bring back to the sculpture and kind of working in that symbiotic type relationship, but also kind of harnessing the energy and uh, communication from the land there and kind of what spoke to me about um, the environment and the moments with nature. What, what is it that makes Dina Hayden's art practice consilient or convergent with Oika? Do you have any thoughts about that? Yes, I do. And I think, I think meeting you and then also working with Oika and the principles have helped me come to like a realization that clarified the practice for me. So my practice is really spending time in nature hiking or, you know, just sitting with nature and kind of energetically really feeling into it and being present. Um, And then I kind of come back into my studio and work and reflect on that. And then I kind of go back out. So it's like this ebb and flow and um, kind of reflecting on the cyclical nature of uh, nature itself, but also what that does to me in the process. And my hope is that with my own practice, I can exhibit artwork uh, that has that impact on other people and kind of open their eyes to the awareness of what that energetically shifts within them. So mm. it's it's a communication. Yeah. Yeah. So I would totally agree with that. Like that's that's kind of the key there is to put yourself in a scenario or put yourself in a situation where a, a line of communication can be opened. And then when we do that, it always surprises us. That's yeah. how a, a rapport can be established and um, and conversation with place can really mm-hmm. begin. And so it was really good to see that you came out several times out here and spent a lot of time in that mode uh, with Nantucket. Yes, definitely. It was, you know, and, and it could be every day for years. So it's, you know, it's only a little snippet, um, but it was really important for me to be out there as much as I could to take that time I needed um, to let it kind of set in and kind of do the work. Awesome. And so Dakota, uh, you also were part of the show and I kind of want to ask you the same question. What were you thinking when you, you know, first decided to join us as part of this show and how did that evolve into a project that you could bring to this collective? 
you know, how do I follow up after Dina? You know, that's like, uh, she, she touched on so many of kind of the things that I'm feeling, but say differently and expressing. And so something that I've been really leaning into is this idea of, you know, art being something beyond our five senses and, you know, the brain's really efficient and uh, not necessarily accurate. And so art to me in that practice for me starts by listening and part of the practice for this uh, collaboration um, started out with what I thought I knew and what I thought was accurate and leaning into more of what nature and what the story and what my dialoguing with um, the space and the Oika principles and the artist uh, brought to my work and to me as a person. Um, so, you know, an example of that, as I mentioned in the workshop that I just taught on the island, was very much this kind of concept of uh, deep listening and listening with our body and beyond our senses as well as, but yet, and using the senses to um, further uh, our relationship was the idea of grabbing soundscapes and something that Dina and I collaborated on was a piece in which um, she had gone there and uh, into this bog, this uh, wet cranberry bog, if I have it correct, or w what's the proper term? Rich? Well, it's windswept bog and it's, a, it's a, well, a wetland converted into a cranberry bog. You know, the intention of connecting with these soundscapes was to deepen our own sense of listening and place as a part of nature and not apart from it. What ended up evolving out of that was a, a deeper relationship to dissonance and resonance and the idea of harmony and um, relationships. And so what I had intended to kind of introduce people to these more natural sounds became more of a conversation with place and the human's interaction and at times um, destruction of harmony and yet um, that balancing act at play. And so part of my sound work really shifted from this intention of creating these beautiful epic soundscapes to introduce people to get out into nature as a reminder of we are from nature and what is this current, um, the current ways in which we live and practice and go about our days. And so as an artist, that was just one example of I had had an intention going in and being informed by not only another person's work like Dina, but the relationship with you and the spaces and the, the kind of universe. And so I'm, I'm really kind of uh, fascinated by remaining open to that dialogue. And mm -hmm. so that's just one example of collaborating and being down on Nantucket with the Oika principles. Awesome. Now I'd like to ask each of you to talk specifically about the art that you made for the Art of Nantucket show. Listeners should know that we've created a web page that shows the artworks that Dina is talking about and also some of the sound clips from Dakota's audio art piece. You can access these at oika.com art. So back to Dina, can you tell us specifically about the pieces you made and how you made them? Yes. To start off, I guess, with the gallery pieces, I made two sculptures um, titled uh, Mother Mountain and Limbus Sea. And they are both woven sculptures that sit next to each other. They're individual pieces, but they're meant to 
um, play off of one another. And I combined traditional um, Nantucket basket weaving techniques with fishing net, um, a fishing net technique um, to create a weaving. I created the pieces using bamboo, grapevine for um, dyeing of the um, sheep's wool. So it's all organic, uh, natural materials. And I also collected grasses from uh, my time on Nantucket and kind of wove them also into the into the baskets. Um, so one basket is suspended and stretched. And that piece, I titled it Mother Mountain because I was thinking of Mother Earth and how it stretches and how it can kind of like hold a lot of space in between things, but also let let it go freely. And so within that entire piece, there's not any part of it that's a, a weave that's tight enough that you can't see through it. So it is um, it like permeates light, but also um, it can, the kind of concept was that it can stretch and hold, but also um, isn't really like a solid form. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in contrast to that piece, there is another sculpture that's woven kind of tightly and it integrates more of the grasses and then a net um, that is, in my mind, it was like a detached um, kind of net that kind of like is exploded in a way and then kind of sinks back into the basket. So it's kind of this ebb and flow of kind of like the yin and yang um, in contrast next to one another. And in that piece, I was thinking of um, something that like a shell that held like a life form, but now is this kind of vessel to hold other life. But is it really stretched and like activated? Mm-hmm. Those took me about a little, almost nine months to create. So I have, there's a lot of meaning within mm-hmm. each piece and mm-hmm. they evolved. Um, and there's a painting that I created on the wall that is very minimal. It's an um, abstract piece. And it's kind of like a figure, um, kind of like a symbolic figure in the middle with splashes of uh, like orbs around it. And it was just kind of like that cyclical nature of life and a human in the center, kind of how we're all connected was the uh, thought behind that piece. And then the outdoor sculpture is titled Earthwomb Nantucket. And I am um, on a mission to create four of these pieces this year um, during different artists and residencies that I'm involved in. And so this is the first one I created. And the goal of this piece was to connect the earth with um, an element of nature. So in this case, it's the tree limb uh, connects the woven sculpture back into the frog pond. And it um, is kind of a, a gesture to earth, like a um, giving back to earth and like gratitude. Um, So kind of like reconnecting the land to the sky, kind of um, that, again, cycle of nature. Uh, And that piece is also based off of a fishing net technique. Um, And I also used um, some of the natural grasses for dyeing and then it, also mimics like a Nantucket basket kind of weave in different ways, but it hangs and then engages with the water in the pond and kind of the grass and the watercress. So it will disintegrate 
um, over time on the island and it's all natural and so it will kind of evolve and morph and kind of fall back into the earth itself. I was privileged enough to, to help you hang that. And I, um, <laughs> yes, and, I and, could not have done that without you. And in the process, um, but after that, I got, I got to spend some time with it. And I have to say that the piece really works on you when you can, and, and it's in, it's, a, it's in a beautiful little spot up near the science center at four Vestal street. And I encourage anybody to go up there and sit in the bench and just be with that piece. And, uh, You'll fall in love with it like I did. Um, so, but so yeah, that's that's great. Thank you so much for that. Uh, yeah. And Dakota, so you took a different angle. Uh, do you want to tell us about what you made for the show? Yeah. Um, well, just to um, leap from or connect from Dina and I working together. So we, I created a gallery piece in collaboration with Dina uh, titled "Sonic Weave," and that was the piece that I was discussing earlier um, about nature and our relationship to it and the weaving of resonance and dissonance and, and harmony and so forth. And so that piece is in the gallery and it's meant to be visually experienced and it's um, an old clock with integrated with Dina's weaves and a soundscape to go along with it. And then I created uh, over the last, oh gosh, since October, a piece called, uh, titled Head, Heart, and Hand as Curious Lightning. And it's a, a sound walk, essentially, um, a geolocative uh, sonic experience. Uh, and the idea for me is really to start out by walking in a place and listening and feeling it in my body. And from that point, it's very much a, uh, a deep relationship to the stories we tell. And so it, it follows the story of a hybrid robot named AMI M34170. And 41 and 70 is the longitude and latitude relating to Nantucket. It's kind of a whimsical, historical, poetic sense of uh, place, I suppose. And it starts by rediscovering Mariah's story with fresh eyes through this robot deeply imbuing kind of the cosmology of the Wampanoag, the first peoples of caretakers of the island and a relationship to nature as well. And so it's a three-part series starting at Vestal Street that starts with kind of the history of time and the transactional times and kind of this idea of, of where we're living today in this endless kind of motion of time and, and purchasing and hurrying up. And so it, it travels through time, starting in Vestal Street with Mariah's story, and then moves down to the center of town, to the bank where Mariah discovered the comet. And all along the way, it's kind of prompting people to actually see the science of a place, the heart of a place. And so it's titled head, hand, and heart, meaning it starts with all of kind of the knowledge of a place and these ideas moves to the hands, the transactional times, especially during the whaling and so forth. And then finally to the heart down on the ocean and where the gallery is there for people to witness more of the heart resonance of this Oika collaborative uh, creation here. And so at the end piece uh, titled The Heart, um, we're introduced to um, kind of the final leg of the ecology of the place, but also witness to the land in a different way through the cosmology of the Wampanoag with Robert giving an explanation of some of his work and the importance of it. And then finally, 
the poetics of place of the reveal of the story there's a little aha at the end of kind of our true nature so mm. it was a really fun way to reimagine story because that's ultimately what i'm truly interested in and and how emotion can drive us and and have us feeling beyond uh our senses beautiful and i have to say man like as we you know as we started working on this and you know you would talk about it and as you mentioned like there was an evolution to the project and i have to admit like i i, I didn't know like i didn't know what you were going to produce uh, mm-hmm. and I would, I would listen and, you know, it would, it would pique my curiosity, but for the longest time I didn't really know, but I trusted you. I trusted that you had a vision and that there was something happening. And then when I finally heard it, when I finally heard this piece in its entirety, I was just blown away by how, how well it's done, how it flows as a story and how it embeds just incredibly deep insights, new insights about who we are based on this historical story, but also this imaginative play that you managed to integrate into it. I really want to encourage people to try out Dakota's immersive soundwalk. It starts at 4 Vessel Street, where there's a QR code to either download the Echoes app or stream it via SoundCloud directly to your iPhone. And while you're there, you can check out Dina Hayden's outdoor installation, Earth Womb, that she described earlier, as well as another Oika artist, Rita LeDuc's Field Mark, which is mounted to the bench in front of the Mariah Mitchell Observatory right across the street. The sound walk will bring you back down to the sea and the Mariah Mitchell Waterfront Gallery at 33 Washington Street. Inside, you can then engage with the entire Art of Oika Nantucket Exhibition, which also includes the paintings of the Wampanoag artist Robert Peters. Now, the gallery exhibition will be up until July 12th, but we're hoping that the sound walk and the other outdoor installations will remain up indefinitely. I just want to say also thank you to you guys for um, for participating in this, in, in bringing all of your creativity and your patience and putting your energy into this. I think it turned out to be an amazing show. And I'm, I'm not just saying that as the curator, I was blown away by the energy on opening night. So I just want to invite people to come down and uh, check out the gallery, check out the outdoor installations, check out the sound walk. Um, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I just want to say again, thank you to you guys both. And um, I so look forward to uh, continuing our conversations and continuing this creative journey between art and science so thank you yeah thank you rich and i just want to say it it was very much uh heart opening and life-changing in many ways the collaboration and it was extremely moving to work with dina yourself and all the other artists so thank you yeah and a journey that we couldn't replicate and going in we wouldn't have known what would have come out of it but um also seeing the exhibition and all the pieces completed um, just kind of came full circle and was very um, moving to see um, as you are working with other artists and seeing their practice, it unfolds as a whole unified exhibit. Mm. So thank you. 